0: Hey friends, my name is Todd, I'm on the pastor team here at Holland Chapel, and it is good to be with you today on this Sunday morning. All right, it is the week after Easter. Easter is over, now what? I want you to help me with something, if you can take your right index finger, start spinning it around like this. Knock, knock. Yah. Uh, Yahoo, all right, whoop-dee-doo. If, if Easter is just a fun time for kids, if it's just a good excuse to get together with family, then Yahoo, big deal, what are we even doing? But if there's some validity to Easter, if there's some historical reliability, well, that changes things. Like if the, if, if the resurrection of Jesus is for real, And friends, there is ample evidence that it is. In that case, if we believe Jesus rose from the dead, we had better pay attention to what he said. So today, we're going to look at something Jesus said in the Gospel of Mark. You can turn in your Bible. Bibles are uh, under the seat in front of you. You might have it on your phone. Go to to the Gospel of Mark chapter 8. We're going to be checking out something that Jesus said this morning. Mark 8, 34 through 38. And something uh, that I like to do when I'm getting ready to read God's word, to hear from God. Uh, Sometimes I'll pray just a simple prayer that comes from the Psalms. You know, God, opened my eyes to see wonderful things from your word. And so let's do that now. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the Bible. And now we ask for you to open our eyes, open our hearts to see, to hear from you. In the name of Jesus, amen. So Mark chapter 8, we're going to read verses 34 through 38. Then, calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life, for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in the glory of his Father With the holy angels. We're thankful to God for His Word. And this morning, what we're gonna do is we're really just gonna break down verse 34. We're gonna take just a really close look at what Jesus is saying there in verse 34. And the first thing that we notice is that this call is for everyone. Who? You. Who? you is who this call is for and now i'm getting thirsty uh, anybody want a you who I'm going to be coming back to that. Jesus called the crowd to him. We see, calling the crowd to join his disciples. This, What Jesus is saying here wasn't just for a select few. He called everyone that was around. Hey, guys, come listen to this. And then he begins by saying, if any. Who? You. If any of you. So these conditions that Jesus gives... For following him. This invitation, these requirements are relevant to all believers. You say, but I'm elderly. Jesus is speaking to you. You say, but I'm really young. Jesus is speaking to you. You say, but you don't know my background. You don't know what I've done or what I've been through. Jesus is speaking to you. What he says here about being his follower is applicable to all of us. You can put your name in the blank if Michael wants to be my follower, if Lindsay wants to be my follower, if Ricky wants to be my follower. To the person in the crowd, when Jesus said these words 2,000 years ago, it was for all of them. To the grandmother living in David, Panama today, this invitation is for her. To the little boy in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, this message is for him. To the 20-year-old in central Arkansas, to everyone in this crowd, this invitation, these requirements are for you. That's who. The second thing that we notice here is that this is a call to abandon your life. He says, if any of you wants to be my follower, so all of us are listening now. We're all in that crowd. And then he says, You must give up your own way, take up your cross, abandon your life. That seems really strong. It is really strong. Like, this is, we're getting serious now. Go your own way, go your own Fleetwood Mac. No, Jesus says, Give up your own way. What Jesus is calling for is complete surrender. He says, give up your own way or deny self. That means a sustained willingness, not one one time. We can do it. We can say no one time. A sustained willingness to say no. I can say no to things I don't like. That is easy. Day after day, I can say no, not interested, not going to do it, no that's scary, Ooh, that's disgusting, I can say no there, you can say no there, but this is a sustained willingness to say no to your own comfort, to maybe your safety and security, to your pleasures, that's difficult, and then give up your own way, and then he says take up your cross, what? What? That's his sustained willingness to say yes to God. Again, not just a, a one time, I can say yes to God. One time when he asks me to do something, one time when he invites me to do something, I can say yes. But but tomorrow and the next day, and when it's scary, can I say yes? To take up your cross is a sustained willingness to say yes to God day after day, dropping concern for self in order to be completely committed to the purposes of God. You can't go in this direction if you're still going this way. We've got four teenagers in our house, and when they were younger... Uh, we would uh, sometimes water down their juice, you know, just to control the sugar intake a a little bit. But if I was going to get a drink, if I had a craving for some apple juice, I'm pouring the water out of the cup and filling it up with 100% apple juice. I want the good stuff. Just like you and I don't want a watered-down drink, what Jesus calls for here is not a watered-down disciple. The Scripture doesn't say Give up some of your ways, some of the time, so you can say yes to God every now and then when it's convenient and comfortable. He says, give up your life. Take up your cross. We read that, and then I believe a fair question to ask in response to this from Jesus. I believe a fair question to ask ourselves is, are you willing to lose relationships Are you willing to give up some personal ambition to risk comfort in order to say yes to God? This is reality for some in our world today. They are having to lose relationships, give up security when they say yes to God. Someone today in our world knows that if they say yes to following Jesus, they're going to lose some family and friend relationships because they're going to be completely opposed to it. There are some people who know if they say yes to God, to what God is moving them to do, if, they, if I obey God in this, if I do what he's moving me to, me to, me to do, I know I'm taking a risk, I'm sacrificing some, some personal security, maybe even some career goals. Uh, just a couple of chapters after this, in Mark chapter 10, Jesus was having a conversation with a fellow. And, and it came to, uh, at the end of this, that, that this gentleman was not willing to give up some of his possessions. He was not willing to give up some of his security and comfort. And so he walked away and did not follow Jesus. Peter, one of the disciples, was, was observing this. He was right there in the middle of it. So shortly after that, Peter speaks to Jesus, and he, and he says, Lord, we've left everything to follow you. And he had. They had left their career. They had left their home to follow him. And Jesus acknowledges that. And he, he says, yeah, anyone who leaves uh, house or, or, or relationships or, or property uh, for me and for the gospel will receive a hundredfold and persecution. Like, it's not necessarily going to be easy. But, but Jesus acknowledged that, that, yes, some are willing to lose their life, to let it, as we sang earlier, fade away so they can focus just on Jesus. Jesus isn't asking us to do something here that he himself wasn't willing to do. In the Garden of Gethsemane, just four days before that first Easter, Jesus, he was having a tough time in prayer. He was wrestling with some serious stuff and he came to this not my will in in other words not what's what's comfortable for me not not the easy way not what what benefits me right now he came to this when he was speaking to the father he said not my will but yours be done He said no to his own comfort so he could say yes to the Father. And just hours, just hours after this, he was literally carrying his cross up the hill of Calvary. You see, to the original readers of this gospel, Mark, uh, to those who were in the crowd listening when Jesus said this the first time, That phrase, take up your cross, didn't mean just a minor burden or annoyance that you've got to live with. That's how sometimes we use the phrase. No, when they heard Jesus speak this, when those original readers read this, it would put a horrific image in their minds because they knew that when a prisoner was sentenced to crucifixion, they actually carried their cross Jesus isn't asking us to do anything that he himself was not willing to do. Give up your own way. Take up your cross. As followers of Jesus today, even today, we say this isn't just, this isn't, this isn't just words in a book. As followers of Jesus today, of whom this call, this invitation is applicable, this idea of giving up your life is still very real. If we continue in the New Testament, missionary Paul writes about this. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, he says, I have been crucified with Christ. In other words, I have died. I have given up my own way. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Missionary Paul saying, I quit going this way, towards my comfort, towards my pleasure, towards my security. I quit going this way. So that I can go this way. So that it's all about Jesus. Missionary Paul is saying, I'll let all of this fade away. So that, just give me Jesus. So that it could be just about Jesus in my life. No to self, yes to God. With our careers, with our relationships, with our free time, with our minds. Uh, I love the way it's put in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 15. The scripture there says, and he... Died for all. That's talking about Jesus. And he died for all that those who live, that's talking about us. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. No to self, day after day. Yes to God, day after day. This is a call to abandon your life. And then as we continue in verse. 34, this is the last thing we see. This is a call to adventure. Woo-hoo! That's right. You heard Yahoo, yoohoo and Woo-hoo all in the same sermon. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. Now, when a person places their trust in Jesus, when they become a child of God, we think, okay, what's next? Let's, let's get a Bible and start reading it or maybe download the Bible app on your phone and, and, hey, let's start going to church on Sunday mornings a few times a month. And to that, I say, that's cool. That is great. Those two things are what I call the, the two secrets to spiritual growth. The first C being communication with God, Bible reading and prayer. That's huge to start growing in Christ, to to live as a child of God. The second C being connecting with a church community, being around other believers, being plugged in, being involved uh, in groups, serving together, worshiping together. Those are huge but following Jesus doesn't just stop there. It's not just reading your Bible in the morning and showing up you know, at a church on Sunday morning. That's, that's not all there is to it. There's much more excitement, life change, and risk than that in following Jesus. That's what adventure is. It's, it's an experience that, that, that can be exciting, but also hazardous as well, or difficult as well. Jesus saying, follow me, implies that he is going somewhere and he is doing something. Just after Jesus said this, in the book of Mark, we read about some of the, the places he was going, some of the things that he was doing. Get this. Jesus was climbing mountains healing the afflicted, teaching hard truth, blessing children, traveling to different towns. He was turning over tables and causing scenes at religious events. He was celebrating with friends and having intimate times with them. He was praying all night long. He was being arrested. He was paying for our sin, and he was beating death. So when he says, follow me, it means you and I are invited to come along with him to go somewhere to do something. Jesus is inviting us on an adventure. And just as a little reminder, that's why you've got some of the adventure stickers in your seats. Take it home with you, slap it on a notebook, and remember that you are called to follow Jesus. You are called to an exciting, also hazardous adventure with him. Now, what was he, what was he about On this adventure. What was he about on this journey that he was on? He was building his kingdom and he was making disciples. Building his kingdom and making disciples. Building his kingdom and making disciples. One of the first things that we read Jesus saying, one of the last things that we read Jesus saying is all about that. Building his kingdom and making disciples. We read the passage earlier uh, this morning during the worship service. One of the first things we read Jesus saying is he's talking to a few fishermen. And he says, come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. In other words, I'm going to teach you how to make disciples. One of the last things that he says after the resurrection, before he ascends back to heaven, he says what we refer to as the great commission. And he says, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. He beat death. He says, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, and he gives us a command... When Jesus gives us command, we better perk up and listen. Hmm. He doesn't want us walking away. He doesn't want us ignoring it. He doesn't want us saying, that's difficult, sorry. He doesn't want us saying, not now. He says, all authority has been given to me. In other words, listen up. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and then teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and I will be with you till the end. I'm going to be with you. So he gives us a command and a promise there, but it's all about building his kingdom and making disciples. When I reflect on this, when I reflect on what Jesus was about, when I reflect on how Jesus commands us to be about that as well and invites us to be with him on that, then I've I've got to ask myself this question. If I'm not actively building his kingdom, if I'm not actively making disciples, am I really walking with Jesus? Or has he left me behind? What does it look like to be stepping with Jesus? What does it look like to be with Jesus on this adventure? And for the next few minutes, I'm just going to walk through some examples. Some examples of what some of you here at Holland Chapel are doing on this exciting and hazardous adventure. Some of the creative ways that you are following Jesus in building his kingdom and making disciples. It could look a hundred different ways because we're all on different journeys and God's using us in different places and for different purposes, but it's all about building his kingdom and making disciples. Here are some examples. It could look like giving up some of your vacation time to serve with eight days of hope in cities across America uh, with disaster relief like Gordon and Teresa Gardner have been doing. It, it, it could look like giving up your hesitation. You know, sometimes when we're like, oh man, maybe I should lead this Bible study group. Maybe, maybe I should step out of my comfort zone and do this. But we have that hesitation and we don't do anything. It could look like giving up that hesitation and leading a new group or ministry. You see a picture of some of our HC groups here. And all of these groups happened because someone or someone said, we'll step out of our comfort zone. We'll stop the hesitation. And we'll go We'll go lead this group. We'll go lead this study. Uh, Brooke Shellnut has done that recently. And she invited other ladies to come over to our house to study the Bible together. That is huge. It, it could look like... Uh, The guys, Bobby Mansfield and Dwayne Allen, having a passion for backpacking, saying, hey, let's invite some other guys to do this. Get outdoors and talk about Jesus while we're out there. So they started a backpacking group here. Uh, It could look like giving up your fear of travel getting a passport, signing up for an international mission trip like several of you are doing going to Mexico and Panama uh, later this summer. Uh, Like one of our HC interns, Chip Kiever, he's a college student. In the last year, he's gone on three mission trips. This is a picture from his trip to Southeast Asia. It could look like giving up your guard and just being vulnerable uh, with others, meeting with another person or persons over breakfast or coffee and having real talk about following Jesus, just being real. It could look like giving up some of your time, maybe giving up your weekend like Jennifer Cronister and serving in the, in the food pantry here at Hawn Chapel. Yesterday, they had a family day, and there were a lot of you who were volunteering there. Amanda Jones and her parents, Bruce and Dana Jones, were over there serving, uh, serving in that food pantry and that clothes closet, blessing other people in our community uh, for me, I'll get personal. Uh, this is what it's looked like the past year: uh, obeying Jesus, uh, being about building His kingdom and making disciples. So last summer, I was playing basketball, and I thought I was still twenty years old. Turns out I'm not. I tore my ACL, and I had ACL surgery, and I couldn't really walk. and 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 I thought, man. God gave me an idea, and two ideas. The first idea, you'll see on the screen, I uh, started talking with a buddy, and we put together uh, this Dude's Adventure Series, right? My wife and daughter are like, how come we're not involved? We do a lot of family stuff, too. But, uh, but, but Dude's Adventure Series, right? And so there's these, uh, these uh, adventures all over the state of Arkansas with a spiritual challenge as well. Uh, get out and do them, uh, finish it. And, and so what it's meant for me so far this year and continuing on There's a lot of quality time with my boys uh, And then also a lot of good time hanging out with other guys And having spiritual conversations Talk about our journeys with Jesus And so it's been good I got to work with a couple of buddies on that uh, The other idea that God gave me And granted this was right after ACL surgery And I couldn't, couldn't really walk or anything Was I thought I want to ride a bike to Cleveland <laughs> What was that about? Uh, and I want to bless and, and meet up with church planners and ministry partners along the way. Half of our heart is in Cleveland. Uh, we spent a lot of years up there. And so uh, so it's happening next month in about six weeks, 1,100 miles in 13 days. Uh, we've got five uh, ministry partners, church plants and other ministry partners going to be rolling into their town, Bentonville, St. Louis, Indianapolis, Cincinnati, and Cleveland. When we roll in there, going to meet up with them, uh, encourage them, pray with them, uh, uh, share some of their God stories and then the dream is to be able to give each one of them a gift of $1,000 just to say hey we believe in what you're doing we know it's hard work go team Jesus and so that's happening you may be like hey I want to be a part of that all all the, all the money is going straight to those ministry partners uh, but I don't have $5,000 in my back pocket uh, and so inviting other people that are like hey I want to ride a bike hey come on and do 85 miles a day with me if you want to ride one day uh, also if you want to give uh, contact me and there's ways that you can give uh, towards that as well. So those were a couple of ideas that God gave me. Uh, It could look like giving up some mental space because we've got jobs, right? We've got jobs. We've got careers. And viewing your work as an opportunity to worship, viewing your work as an opportunity to honor God, viewing your work as an opportunity to witness to others and encourage others You can do that in the workplace. It could look like uh, giving up your fear of rejection. Over the last few weeks, uh, we've emphasized, hey, take those Easter invite cards and invite somebody to church. Uh, Yes, and many of you have done that. Uh, but we can invite people to church year-round. And so it could look like giving up that fear of rejection and inviting other folks or striking up a spiritual conversation. You're having to give up, you know, fear of being awkward or weird or, or whatever, but just saying, you know what, forget it. Let's do it. Let's talk. Let's let's talk about Jesus. Let's invite someone uh, into that. We've got uh, several of the groups that, that, were, that are going on here at Holland Chapel uh, this spring right now uh, started uh, because last fall we had a, uh, a leader launch it was just a meeting for anyone that was interested in starting a new ministry. Maybe they had an idea, but they're like, how, what's the next step I take? How do I get that going? Uh, or maybe they're in a group, and our vision is that groups would multiply so that more people would be in community and those disciple-making communities. And you're like, I'd lead a group, but I don't know how to get started. I don't know how to multiply the group I'm in. Anybody's interested, come to that. We're actually having another one next Sunday. In between services, 10 to 10.30, just give you some tools, some resources, begin a conversation on what it could look like for you to take that next step in leading a ministry, uh, following up on an idea that God's given you, starting a new group. And so that's going on, uh, you can, can contact me or the church if you're interested in that. But let's look back at verse 34. Jesus said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, And follow me. This is an invitation to all of us. This is an invitation to abandon your life. This is an invitation to adventure. A journey about building his kingdom and making disciples. And so I ask, what's what's your next step? In a crowd like this, there may be some whose next step is like, I think God is leading me to check out like, getting involved in church ministry, like as a a vocation. I think God may be calling me to that. There may be some who are saying, I think God may want me to be a missionary, not just go on a mission trip, but but be a missionary. That may be the next step that God has for you is just to say yes to that. It's very real. (laughs) That's where missionaries come from. They come from churches. That's where pastors come from. They come from churches where God's moving people to say, to say, okay, that's the step you have for me. That may be in this room right now. It may be, I need to get involved in this, in this kids' ministry. I need to start loving those kids, teaching those kids. I need to get involved in the student ministry. I need to get involved in the outreach that's going on around here. I need to get involved in a group. That could be it. But if we're following Jesus, we're going somewhere. <laughs> That's what walking looks like. Movement, going somewhere and doing something. Seven or eight months ago, I was talking to a buddy of mine. His name's Kokomo. And uh, I was telling him this idea. I uh, telling him, uh, I think, man, I think God may want me to do this or that. And he said, what's going to stop you from doing it? And I was like, dog, man, why do you ask me straight like that? <sighs> nothing is going to stop me from doing it. That got the wheels moving to obeying what Jesus was calling me to do. So what's your next step with Jesus? You'll see on the screen, tell someone. You tell a friend, you get it out of your head, you get it out to a friend, you've got some encouragement, you've got somebody holding you accountable to it, that's huge. You can take out your phone right now and you can text that friend, this is the next step Jesus has for me. Go on this trip. Sign up for this group. Follow him here. Invite someone. Talk, share Jesus with someone. Tell a friend. Text them. If you're in an HD group, talk to your group about it tonight. Tell them what's your next step in following Jesus and going somewhere and doing something with him. Tell them what it is. Another thing you do is share on your Connect card. Scan that QR code right there, and it'll take you to the HD Connect card. And, and on the prayer Uh, concerns, just type in what your next step is. Because we want to encourage you. We want to help you take that next step. We want to help you figure that out. We want to be praying for you. And so do that. Jesus invites you, me, all of us to follow him. That means we're going somewhere. We're doing something. So take that next step if you will pray with me now. Father in heaven, Thank you for this church family where we get to get together week after week and worship you, encourage one another, and know that we're not on this journey alone. Thank you for this church family. God, we thank you for your word. And thank you for inviting all of us into life, into a full life, an abundant life, an adventurous life that's exciting and also a little scary too. God, thank you for that invitation to follow you. Please give us the faith. Please give us the boldness to say yes. In the name of Jesus, amen.